With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Told Hobden's ninth great-grandfather, he was a free man and burned charcoal hereabouts. I've known the family, father and son, so long that I get confused sometimes. Hob of the Dean was my Hobden's name, and he lived at the Forge Cottage. Of course, I pricked up my ears when I heard Wheeland mentioned, and I scuttled through the woods to the Ford just beyond Bog Wood yonder. He jerked his head westward, where the valley narrows between wooded hills and steep hop fields. "'Why, that's Willingford Bridge,' said Una. "'We go there for walks often. There's a kingfisher there.' "'It was Wheeland's Ford then, dear.' A road led down to it from the beacon on top of the hill, a shocking bad road it was, and all the hillside was thick, thick oak forest with deer in it. There was no trace of Wheeland, but presently I saw a fat old farmer riding down from the beacon under the greenwood tree. His horse had cast a shoe in the clay, and when he came to the ford he dismounted, took a penny out of his purse, laid it on a stone, tied the old horse to an oak, and called out, "'Smith, Smith, here is work for you!' Then he sat down and went to sleep. You can imagine how I felt when I saw a white-bearded, bent old blacksmith in a leather apron creep out from behind the oak and begin to shoe the horse. It was Wheeland himself. I was so astonished that I jumped out and said, "'What on human earth are you doing here, Wheeland?' "'Poor Wheeland,' sighed Una. He pushed the long hair back from his forehead. He didn't recognise me at first. Then he said, "'You ought to know. You foretold it, old thing. "'I'm shoeing horses for hire. "'I'm not even Wheeland now,' he said. "'They call me Wayland Smith.' "'Poor chap,' said Dan. "'What did you say?' "'What could I say? "'He looked up, with the horse's foot on his lap, "'and he said, smiling, "'I remember the time when I would have accepted "'this old bag of bones as a sacrifice, "'and now I'm glad enough to shoe him for a penny.' "'Isn't there any way for you to get back to Valhalla, or wherever you come from?' I said. "'I'm afraid not,' he said, rasping away at the hoof. He had a wonderful touch with horses. The old beast was whinnying on his shoulder. You may remember that I was not a gentle god in my day and my time and my power. I shall never be released till some human being truly wishes me well.' "'Surely,' said I, "'the farmer can't do less than that. You're shoeing the horse all round for him.' "'Yes,' said he, "'and my nails will hold a shoe from one full moon to the next. "'But farmers and wheeled clay,' said he, "'are both uncommon cold and sour. "'Would you believe it, that when that farmer woke and found his horse shod, "'he rode away without one word of thanks? 
I was so angry that I wheeled his horse right round and walked him back three miles to the beacon, just to teach the old sinner politeness. "'Were you invisible?' said Una. Puck nodded gravely. The beacon was always laid in those days, ready to light, in case the French landed at Pevensey, and I walked the horse about and about it that lee-long summer night. The farmer thought he was bewitched. Well, he was, of course, and began to pray and shout. I was as good a Christian as he any fair day in the county, and about four o'clock in the morning a young novice came along from the monastery that used to stand on top of Beacon Hill. "'What's a novice?' said Dan. It really means a man who is beginning to be a monk, but in those days people sent their sons to a monastery just the same as a school. This young fellow had been to a monastery in France for a few months every year, and he was finishing his studies in the monastery close to his home here. Hugh was his name, and he had got up to go fishing hereabouts. His people owned all this valley. Hugh heard the farmer shouting, and asked him what in the world he meant. The old man spun him a wonderful tale about fairies and goblins and witches, and I know he hadn't seen a thing except rabbits and red deer all that night. The people of the hills are like otters. They don't show except when they choose. But the novice wasn't a fool. He looked down at the horse's feet and saw the new shoes fastened as only Wheeland knew how to fasten them. Wheeland had a way of turning down the nails that folks called the smith's clinch. Hmm, said the novice. Where did you get your horse shod? The farmer wouldn't tell him at first, because the priests never liked their people to have any dealings with the old things. At last he confessed that the smith had done it. "'What did you pay him?' said the novice. "'Penny,' said the farmer very sulkily. "'That's less than a Christian would have charged,' said the novice. "'I hope you threw a thank you into the bargain.' "'No,' said the farmer. "'Wayland Smith the heathen.' "'Heathen or no heathen,' said the novice. "'You took his help, and where you get help, there you must give thanks.' "'What?' said the farmer. "'He was in a furious temper, because I was walking the old horse in circles all this time. "'What, you young jackanapes?' said he. "'Then by your reasoning I ought to say thank you to Satan if he helped me.' "'Don't roll up there splitting reasons with me,' said the novice. "'Come back to the ford and thank the smith, or you'll be sorry.' "'Back the farmer had to go.' I led the horse, though no one saw me, and the novice walked beside his, his gown swishing through the shiny dew and his fishing rod across his shoulders spearwise. When we reached the ford again, it was five o'clock and misty still under the oaks, the farmer simply wouldn't say thank you. He said he'd tell the abbot that the novice wanted him to worship heathen gods. Then Hugh the novice lost his temper. He just cried, Out! put his arm under the farmer's fat leg, and heaved him from his saddle onto the turf, and before he could rise he caught him by the back of the neck, and shook him like a rat till the farmer growled, "'Thank you, Wayland Smith.' "'Did Wayland see all this?' said Dan. "'Oh, yes,' and he shouted his old war-cry when the farmer thudded onto the ground. He was delighted. Then the novice turned to the oak and said, "'Ho, Smith of the Gods!' I am ashamed of this rude farmer, but for all you have done in kindness and charity to him and to others of our people, I thank you and wish you well. Then he picked up his fishing rod, it looked more like a tall spear than ever, and tramped off down your valley. And what did poor Wheeland do? said Una. He laughed and cried with joy, because he had been released at last and could go away, but he was an honest old thing. He had worked for his living, and he paid his debts before he left. "'I shall give that novice a gift,' 
said Wheland, a gift that shall do him good the wide world over, and old England after him. Blow up my fire, old thing, while I get the iron for my last task. Then he made a sword, a dark grey wavy-lined sword, and I blew the fire while he hammered. By oak, ash, and thorn, I tell you, Wheland was a smith of the gods. He cooled that sword in running water twice, and the third time he cooled it in the evening dew, and he laid it out in the moonlight, and said runes, that's charms, over it, and he carved runes of prophecy on the blade. Old thing, he said to me, wiping his forehead, this is the best blade that Wheland ever made. Even the user will never know how good it is. Come to the monastery. We went to the dormitory where the monks slept. We saw the novice fast asleep in his cot, and Wheland put the sword into his hand, and I remember the young fellow gripped it in his sleep. Then Wheland strode as far as he dared into the chapel, and threw down all his shoeing tools, his hammer and pincers and rasps, to show that he had done with them forever. It sounded like suits of armour falling, and the sleepy monks ran in, for they thought the monastery had been attacked by the French. The novice came first of all, waving his new sword and shouting Saxon battle-cries. When they saw the shoeing-tools, they were very bewildered, till the novice asked leave to speak, and told what he had done to the farmer, and what he had said to Wayland Smith, and how, though the dormitory light was burning, he had found the wonderful rune-carved sword in his cot. The abbot shook his head at first, and then he laughed and said to the novice, "'Son Hugh, it needed no sign from the heathen god to show me that you will never be a monk. Take your sword, and keep your sword, and go with your sword, and be as gentle as you are strong and courteous. We will hang up the smith's tools before the altar,' he said, "'because, whatever the smith of the gods may have been in the old days, we know that he worked honestly for his living, and made gifts to Mother Church.' Then they went to bed again, all except the novice, and he sat up in the garth playing with his sword. Then Wheland said to me by the stables, Farewell, old thing. You had the right of it. You saw me come to England, and you see me go. Farewell. With that he strode down the hill to the corner of the great woods, Woods Corner, you call it now, to the very place where he had first landed, and I heard him moving through the thickets towards Horsebridge for a little, and then he was gone. That's how it happened. I saw it. Both children drew a long breath. "'But what happened to Hugh the novice?' said Una. "'And the sword!' said Dan. Puck looked down the meadow that lay all quiet and cool in the shadow of Pook's Hill. A corncrake jarred in a hayfield nearby, and the small trouts of the brook began to jump. A big white moth flew unsteadily from the alders and flapped round the children's heads, and the least little haze of water-mist rose from the brook. "'Do you really want to know?' Puck said. "'We do!' cried the children. "'Awfully!' "'Very good. I promised you that you shall see what you shall see, and you shall hear what you shall hear, though it shall have happened three thousand year. But just now it seems to me that unless you go back to the house, people will be looking for you. I'll walk with you as far as the gate.' "'Will you be here when we come again?' they asked. "'Surely, surely,' said Puck. "'I've been here some time already. "'One minute first, please.' "'He gave them each three leaves, "'one of oak, one of ash, and one of thorn. "'Bite these,' said he. "'Otherwise you might be talking at home "'of what you've seen and heard, "'and, if I know human beings, "'they'd send for the doctor. "'Bite!' "'They bit hard, 
and found themselves walking side by side to the lower gate. Their father was leaning over it. "'And how did your play go?' he asked. "'Oh, splendidly,' said Dan. "'Only afterwards, I think, we went to sleep. It was very hot and quiet. Don't you remember, Una?' Una shook her head and said nothing. "'I see,' said her father. "'Late, late in the evening Kilmeny came home, for Kilmeny had been she could not tell where, and Kilmeny had seen what she could not declare. "'But why are you chewing leaves at your time of life, daughter, for fun?' "'No, it was for something, but I can't exactly remember,' said Una, and neither of them could tell. End of section 1. Whelan's Sword